Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we are live from the Boss Hog Radio Network Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. And uh, yes, we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our panelists, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have uh, Captain Brett Bartlett. We have Lieutenant Randy Sutton. I was going to say all the way from Las Vegas, but now you're in New Jersey for what a PBA conference. I think your keynote speaker for yeah. So Randy, Randy, I just let's just say that he gets you around and leave it, leave it at that. Um, a, a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Motion DSP. We have Gauls GunLearn.com. MyMedicare.live. We are fueled by Bang Energy. And hey, a shout out to Brian Burns with the Free Press. And hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. We are currently streaming to three of their Facebook pages with one million followers. Thin Blue Liners, we support police and Thin Blue Line show. So, uh, hey, we're, we're so happy to have the Red Voice uh, media guys, uh, you know, watching watching our show. Um, so, look, uh, without wasting too much more time, uh, you know, you guys are giving us your lunch hour. We want to make everyone listening to the show the most educated people, you know, by just giving us that one hour during their lunchtime. Uh, that's 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. on Eastern time. And we're going to be talking about all the latest things, the news and issues over the last 24-hour period. In this case, it'll be over the weekend, too. So let's see what we have uh, to start off with here. I know we're going to start with the main topic. Those have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. This one's on lawofficer.com. Biden, who would happen to be our president, takes fire after vowing to ban assault weapons. Now, that's the whole term assault weapons is a whole other uh, argument. I, I know that what Captain Brett's thinking right now. But the center square... Um, they say that President Joe Biden uh, pledged in a speech late on Wednesday to ban assault weapons, but critics were quick to push back. Biden made the statement during his remarks at the House Democratic Caucus Issues Conference. And here's a quote saying, I know I make some of you uncomfortable, but that little state above me in Delaware is one of the, uh, you know, has the highest rate, one of the highest rates of gun ownership. So, look, I kind of broke up the sentence, but that's the way he said it. Uh, but guess what? We're going to ban assault weapons against, uh, again, come hell or high water. So that's the threat. Biden also called out high-capacity magazines, and apparently those comments that he made sparked uh, criticism uh, from the critics and, uh, you know, taking up for the Second Amendment protections that are in our Constitution. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, uh, Democrat of California, and Richard uh, Blumenthal, Democrat in Connecticut, and Chris Murphy in Connecticut also in January, they introduced the assault weapons ban, and it would ban the sale, transfer, manufacture, and importation of military-style assault weapons. I should say military rifles, all right, guys, and high-capacity magazines and other high-capacity ammunition-feeding devices. Here's a quote saying, it's time we stand up to the gun lobby, remove these weapons of war from our streets, or at the very least, uh, keep them out of the hands of young people. That's what Feinstein said in the statement. It would have been more accurate, I think, uh, Captain Brett, just to say, why don't we just take them from all the law-abiding citizens in the state in the uh, in the United States? Because we know criminals are always going to be able to get a hold of them. There's a companion bill that has support from more than 200 Democrats, but it has not been able to pass the chamber uh, of this Congress, at least anyhow. President Biden did not have the votes in Congress to get the ineffective and potentially unconstitutional measure passed, even when Democrats controlled the House, according to uh, Amy Swearer. So that's kind of where we're going. There's some more comments on that, but I don't want to take up too much of this time. I know you guys are going to want to weigh in. Captain Bartlett start us off on this you know i didn't pay much attention to the signal 20 street guy alcoholic when he was on the street ranting and raving i don't pay much attention to what biden says either and i don't really pay attention when he's in front of an audience of, of his own um uh, like idiots spouting what they want him to say now i i think if they could get away with it they would take every gun away from everybody 
And it's not a long, and it's not a, and it's not an issue of good guy, bad guy. The bad guy is never going to give up their guns. It's simply this: an unarmed society is a compliant society. That's what it's all about. This is redcoats, the, the federal government versus the rebels again. Okay, but Captain Bartlett, I'm glad you left your mic open. I have a couple questions. Number one, what is your estimation on how many? Long guns. Well, how, how many guns do you think are in the country, period? And then how many long guns do you think we have? Oh, there, there's got to be hundreds of millions of guns. And, you know, I don't know where they get all these numbers, but I know there's there's a lot. OK, they can't start knocking on doors and going, give me your AR-15. Because let me tell you what, Mr. Biden, you better bring more than hell and high water. When you're going across this country trying to get people's weapons away. Well, if he wants a fight, there are people out there who will fight him. But here's the big problem. It'll never get passed. I know it's not going to get passed. Let's say it does. And the the goon squad knocks on some well-meaning citizen's door, and he's just had enough. And if he busts a cap on one of these federal agents, it will prove in their minds what they thought all along was that we shouldn't have these guns. See, there was violence. We've been telling you all along there was violence. That's what they're going to say. But the thing I and look, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to pass. We've done uh, polls. I've done them on, uh, you know, my old website, Leo Affairs. And I think that even police one uh, had talked about doing one and pulling law enforcement. The guys are just simply not willing to go door to door and do that. Or if the supervisor sent them in, they're going to come out of the house, say, yeah, we searched service. Nothing there. They're going to most not everybody. There are some losers out there, but most of these guys are going to do the right thing. And they're not going to be willing to take the guns out of law abiding citizens hands. That said. What is that? I mean, realistically, let's face it. You you have let's say you have all kinds. Let's just let's just skip local and state laws. Let's just go straight to federal. Everybody bans everything. You think that that's going to have one effect on a bad guy getting a hold of a gun? I mean, you're going to disarm all all the law abiding citizens, no, and every bad no. guy is going to do whatever. They're going to manufacture guns if they even if it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're they're armor piercing bullets. Whatever you ban, if these guys are willing to commit crimes, what makes you think that they're going to care about being within 500 feet of a school? Or, or, when you when you when you think it, it is not a it is not a crime reduction measure it is not a it is not taking guns away from bad guy measure it is disarming the people who stand in the way of a socialist communist agenda it's not crime control if it was crime control they would have to admit no criminals don't follow the law we, we know this right everybody knows this it is not a crime control issue taking guns. It is a control the people issue. So, so why? And I know you don't have a good answer, and, and I know Lieutenant Randy doesn't have an answer for this. But why would someone be so stupid as to go on a national national news outlet and then make such a a, a, a enormously idiotic statement, knowing that you're only gonna you're you're only gonna put the lives of the law abiding citizens at risk by attempting to do anything like that? Because bad guys are always gonna have guns. I'm going to let Randy have this one. Well, that's real clear. It's because this is only designed to be a a political stunt. Uh, This is appeasing the base, uh, telling the people uh, that follow, you know, his agenda, what they want to hear. And that way they can, you know, he can say, hey, listen, I did my best and uh, and 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 put it out there for the for the for his appeasement project. None of this has any substance whatsoever. Um, you know, and the, the constant cries for for uh, gun control. I love that term, gun control. 
is uh, is is it's just a, it's the leftist agenda at work. And but we have seen we've seen a tremendous upsurge of of um, achievements by the left. I mean, they've been very successful in putting forth an agenda that has that has damaged the public safety in a way that I never would have thought possible. So, you know, this is a constant fight and we can never let our guard down. Thanks. And, you know, Lieutenant Randy, you know, while you're talking, you know, uh, on Friday's show, we had Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I know that you've got an event coming up where he's going to be a guest speaker for you. Can you go ahead and get that out for our listeners? Just so that I know we're a ways away from September, but can we just like whet the appetite of, the, of everybody listening to the show? Absolutely. So we're having our third annual National Law Enforcement Survival Summit in Las Vegas, September 26th through the 29th. You can learn more about it by going to our website uh, at uh, thewoundedblue.org. But this is going to be amazing. If you're a law enforcement or you love law enforcement officers, you want to let them know that this that this training um, that this training is going to be taking place in Vegas. This is every aspect of surviving law enforcement career, physically, tactically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, spiritually. I mean, it is it is all encompassing. Plus, it's in Vegas and we might just have a little bit of fun at the same time. Hey, nothing wrong with that. All right. Thanks, Lieutenant. I appreciate it. And um, I got to mute your mic there. Come get some feedback. All right. So we're good there. So let's go ahead and move over to our next topic here then. And, uh, you know, I've got an update here. It's on lawofficer.com. And will Soros-backed uh, Missouri prosecutor be held to account for teens' life-altering injuries? Now, I've got a little less than two minutes. I don't, you know, I'm going to try to go through this as quick as I can. Um, and I'm probably going to skip a lot of the parts in it. But it's written by, uh, a Doug, uh, by Doug Willie. He's with Police One. But on February the 18th of 2023, so we've got uh, John Edmison, standout 17-year-old high school volleyball player. Uh, so she's the one. She had a promising collegiate career ahead of her in Tennessee. She's visiting St. Louis and to compete in a tournament. And she's walking to her hotel. She gets hit by a car. And uh, this guy was recklessly driving down the street. So she ends up losing both of her legs. So, But she survives. So, But she had him surgically amputated. And I believe that her dad was a former military guy. And he was able to get the tourniquets on. Sa- you know, saved his daughter's life. And uh, at the wheel of the speeding car, we got this 21-year-old loser, Daniel Riley. He a uh, whole host of criminal charges in his history, including first-degree robbery, armed criminal action. He's out on bail even after violating his pretrial bond conditions multiple times. I mean, if you read how many conditions he's violated and why, and you're just going to scratch your head, why in the world was this guy out? So we've got, according to reports, the St. Louis uh, Circuit Attorney's Office had initially filed charges against this guy, Riley, in 2020, but they were subsequently dismissed because the state was not ready to proceed and refiled in 2022. Uh, but we got September 2020, the day of the near-fatal incident in late February 2023, Riley accrued a total of at least 94 separate bond violations for his misconduct. 94. It, it just, it's just kind of crazy. So uh, late last week, we have something from the uh, Missouri Attorney General happening, uh, Andrew Bailey, but we're going to talk about that in just one second. Let's take a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. Motion DSP, they have been supporting the law enforcement industry for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP 
The software, it's easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. You can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters. And you can achieve results quickly in just three steps. That's import, process, and export. A Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. Now, forensic enhancement software allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you're gonna learn more about all these products at motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. And welcome back. The Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. Yes, the law enforcement talk show live from the Boss Hawk Radio Network Studios in Plant City, Florida. So, look, we were talking about um, Soros-backed uh, Missouri prosecutor being held accountable for a teen's life-altering injuries. It's Janae Edmondson. That's a 17-year-old high school student. She had a promising collegiate career ahead of her, volleyball player, and she gets, there's a, a, a car, you know, hits her, and she has both legs amputated. So, we're talking about late last week, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey files a 22-page writ, um, and it is, it's, a, it's among the rules of civil procedure against Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, accusing her of neglecting her duties as a circuit attorney. So in this document, uh, the Attorney General states that the young woman's injuries, quote, are the direct result of years of willful neglect, unquote, by Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. And Bailey also said that, uh, further, that the circuit attorney Gardner is morally and ethically and legally responsible for the conduct of her office. For years, the circuit attorney's office has failed to prosecute cases to resolution, has failed to inform and confer with victims, and has failed to even review and file cases submitted by the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. So he's really slamming her. Um, I, I'm wondering if they're going to end up doing the removal thing, uh, you know, taking her out of office. But like so, like uh, other so-called progressive prosecutors in this article, it says including Alvin Bragg in New York, Kim Fox in Chicago. George Gascon, you know, Randy's buddy in L.A., Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. Gardner received massive quantities of election campaign financing from liberal billionaire mega donor George Soros. So that's what we have. Um, is she going to be held accountable? Lieutenant Randy. You know, I, I'm I'm heartened by the fact that the attorney or the uh, attorney in uh, state's attorney in uh, Missouri is finally taking action to remove her from office. This is a big deal. Um, and it's long, long overdue. Uh, this should have been done years ago. Uh, uh, Kim Gardner is a stain on the criminal justice system and has probably been responsible for more deaths than, uh, than, than most serial murderers because of her. Uh, uh, first of all, she's incompetent. Her, she's, she's truly one of the most incompetent um, uh, state's attorneys in, in history. She is inept. She is uh, criminally negligent and should be held accountable. Uh, that unfortunately won't happen. But the fact that incident occurred with uh, Janae, and then uh, just last week another incident occurred with a murderer. 
that uh, that she had failed to prosecute who uh, struck again. So I'm I think that maybe her days are numbered, and of course she's she's calling out race for the reason that there's you know that they're coming after her, but. This is long, long overdue. She needs to go. All right. Thanks, Lieutenant. Appreciate it. Captain? Um, I, I think she needs to go. Most assuredly needs to go. I just don't think she will. I think this this particular case is so muddy and muddled that Gardner's going to worm her way out of it. It's not like, you know, we, we, our, uh, our uh, state attorney here in Hillsborough County just came out and said, I'm not going to prosecute these certain types of crimes. Okay, so it wasn't like he was using discretion on which case to prosecute. He just wasn't going to do it. Okay. I think that once these state attorneys, uh, when they raise this specter of, of, uh, discretion, it depends on how that state law is written. It may be hard to overcome that. Um, and, and she is a stain. I'm not going to say she's a stain on law. She's just a stain, but she needs to go. She's just, she's rotten, uh, and, and, and inept and she just needs to go. But, I think we got to start winning these daggum things at the ballot box, not at the not at the appellate level or, or whatever that AG is doing. Agreed, and 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 I love the inflection you put on the word stain, Captain Brett. I, I just I wish I could duplicate that. That's pretty good. So, all right, uh, and of course for our listeners, you know, uh, Captain Brett Bartlett was referring to um, our our Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida getting rid of um, State Attorney Andrew Warren in uh, Hillsborough County, the Culture Judicial Circuit. So, um, so, and, and we applaud him for that. So anyhow, let's, uh, let's move on here. I think we've got a story coming up here and, you know, it's got a video component. So look, uh, it's hard to find a good news story today that does not have a, a video component. So all of our, for all of our radio and podcast listeners, we're going to describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So this first one, it's on rumble.com. Uh, the channel is called This Is Butter. I think it's the best law enforcement video channel that exists. So I, I recommend that you guys check them out. Uh, body cam footage of a deadly shooting shows a man pointing a gun at a JPSO, that's the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, deputy's head. This moment in time, neither of our deputies know he has a gun, although his right hand is in his waistband. Uh, you can't see it from that angle, but they do not know he has a gun at this point in time. I'll tell you, I'm watching this. Watch this, and look. There's a lot of there's a lot going on here. And and look, I'll be honest with you guys. If there's if there are stories that are just too complicated, they read like a soap opera. We're probably not going to cover them on the show because it's, if it's hard for me to follow, it's certainly going to be hard for our listeners to follow. Um, you know, just too much going on. But this, even though there's a lot of video components going on in this thing, documenting this, I'll tell you, it's it's pretty simple what happened, but it's horrific what happened. I, I can't I can't wait for uh, for Brent and Rainey to tear this apart. So let's go and talk. Um, I've got about two minutes, but uh, we've got two body worn camera videos that are included in this news story, and it says that more information has come after a man was fatally shot after he reportedly fired a gun at a Jefferson Parish deputies from a gas station bathroom over the weekend.
And at this press conference on Wednesday, March the 1st, the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office investigators, they released new details regarding the shooting, including the uh, body cam footage. So deputies say that uh, the shooting stemmed from a man that was requesting help. That's how it started. Uh, so the man later revealed to be 26-year-old Kevin Veal. Uh, he was also receiving assistance from uh, two flat tires, and it claimed someone was trying to kill him. So that's when detectives say the man, he he runs into a nearby gas station, becomes disruptive. Deputies enter the store. They request Veal to leave the store multiple times. He refuses, and then a struggle ensues. The, 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 uh, the, tacti- the tactical um, ability for these officers in the struggle, that's, that's entirely something else. But the video shows two deputies are grabbing Veal uh, by the arms and holding him against the counter. And there's a male deputy and a female deputy. So after that, the video shows the suspect. He throws down one of the two deputies. Guess which one it was? And he holds them against the counter. And when that happens, the suspect is shown in the video pulling a gun out of his waistband, putting it to the other deputy in a headlock and pointing it at the deputy's head. Um, Body camera footage shows both deputies were able to draw their guns as well. Nobody fires. Don't get excited. And the suspect, he runs to the gas station's bathroom. So um, it's just kind of crazy. And and then we've got then we're uh, told on several instances that the man came out of the bathroom again and again, pointing the gun at the deputies. So at some point, gunfire is exchanged. Veal uh, fires one shot. Deputies return 16 shots in fire. Veal ends up being killed from his wounds. Cornish reports said that he had six wounds, and toxicology said he had, you know, methamphetamine, amphetamines, THC, all this kind of stuff. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, we're going to be talking at Galls, and, uh, you know, Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. Brett, open up that mic. I'm going to need your help on this one. You know, Galls, they are the leading uh Uniform supplier in the in the in the United States, clothing, equipment, and gear provider, all for law enforcement. They have everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. I think it's fairly safe to say, Captain Brett, with you that they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition. And the good thing about having everything but guns and ammunition, uh, all their house brands are on sale. Twenty-five percent off all their house brands plus free shipping. So if you add all that in, you're saving some big bucks on their and their their stuff is great stuff. Their house brands, I've used some stuff. And it's all very good quality. Yeah, I, I remember that we were doing the show on Friday with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I think, Brett, you were being accused of, of shopping online at Gauls during the show. I mean, that's how great the deals are, guys. You can't, you can't pass it up. Gauls.com uh, slash Leo. It's not like you're, I'm double dipping because you're not paying me. So, okay. So. <laughs> good point. Gauls.com slash Leo. Welcome back to Leo Roundtable, broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida, during the uh, the Florida Strawberry Festival, I might add. Yes, I have. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by strawberries. Yes, I am. So, look, guys, we left off talking about the story. You know, wow. I, I, I can't wait for the breakdown. But, yeah, we've got a bad guy in a gas station, and he's got some kind of mental episode going down. They're trying to get him to leave. He won't. And their uh, their tactical skills are challenging, but they're wrestling with this guy. It's two on one. That's two good guys, a male and a female deputy. I see Randy smiling. And uh, the bad guy is getting the upper hand. He throws the female deputy down. He, he pulls a gun out of his waistband. And what, you know, it just looked, he was just sitting there letting these guys pull and tug on him. He could have gone for the gun at any time earlier, but he just chose to just sit, just stand there and let them like, you know, try messing with him for like a couple minutes before he pulls that thing out of his waistband. And then he puts it to the male deputy's head and the uh, female uh, draws and no, no shots fired. I, I mean, I'm just beside myself. Captain Bartlett, help us out with it. Help me understand what happened. I promise you, Chip and Randy, if we're all over in this situation, somehow by the grace of, and we're there. I promise you, I will put a round in that bad guy's dome. 
Thank you. I promise you. Well, I mean, what I was going you. on? Now, now Brett, will, you've got to. I will put one through his left eye. I promise you. You've got to address, because I sent a little side note. She had a holster. Her gun was holstered on her left side. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, she's a lefty, right? She's left-handed. She draws the gun with her left hand, and as she's bringing it up to get sight acquisition, because the bad guy at this point in time has got a gun pointed at her partner's head, she switches from her left, the gun from her left hand to her right hand. Can you explain that? And I promise after I put a uh, round in his dome, I'm going to go back to her and punch her in the mouth. Oh. This this was I, I had to watch this over and over again. And I think, am I missing something? But no, I wasn't missing anything. They let this bad guy pull a gun and point at that cop. And, 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 and the officer who was not involved didn't shoot. And when the guy, bad guy disengaged, the officer who, who was grabbed, he didn't shoot. When are you going to shoot? Okay, so as soon as we're done, I'm going to sign a contract with you and Randy. I will put a around uh, the bad guy's dome. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, I I want to sign that contract with you. I know I know you got my back. No no doubt though. I mean, look with Randy. Look, I, I Las Vegas was happy when he retired because he was just shooting too many bad guys. You know, they couldn't wait. To get, they couldn't wait when Randy retired. The bad guys rejoiced. But go ahead, Lieutenant. I was beside myself. I'm yelling at the screen. Um, I've never. I've I've rarely seen. I've rarely seen such incompetence uh, in in the videos. I mean, we've seen some bad videos over the years, right? Uh, we've seen we've seen poor skill levels. This one, this one's probably one of the most egregious uh, uh, displays of physical and tactical dumbness. I think I've ever seen. Um, she needs to go. She. She needs to go be a school teacher or something else because she does she should not be carrying a gun and 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 should not be placed in a position where the only reason her other her partner is not dead is because he was not a committed criminal. That's the only reason. And she's not dead too. He would have killed her while she was standing there switching her guns from hand to hand. Um it's it's mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And of course, we didn't see we didn't see what took place after after the guy locked himself in the in the bathroom. I'm just wondering if more cops showed up and they're the ones that took care of business. Because I can't see either of these two doing any shooting at all. If they didn't shoot then, wh- what would what were they going to do? I mean, so I'm thinking that maybe some other cops got there and took care of business because it was pathetic. And, you know, Chip, uh, there was a point where somebody from the administration said on the video, wow, she showed great restraint. Restraint. That's not restraint. That's cowardice. That's lack of training. Let me t- there's no restraint there. If there was a wood chipper next to him, I'd throw him into wood chipper. If I had a tactical nuke in my hand, I'd launch it on him. There's no restraint there. It is on. The only way for this to end is for him to die. You know, I'm, I'm glad I'm- you... Good, good, Randy. I'm glad that you say. I, I'm glad you reminded me of that too, Brett. Because this is not the first time that we have seen um, somebody from an administration call out the great restraint card. This makes me even crazier. Um, and there are actually departments giving medals, giving medals for not using the proper amount of force when it should. And that all that does is propagate the the insanity. And 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 uh, push forth the narrative. Uh, look, well, look, what they, these officers use great restraint. That's nonsense. 
It's nonsense. This is a this is a stupid trend, and we're seeing more and more dumbass quote leaders unquote of police departments that come out publicly and say this. Uh, this this is it, it's madness, absolute madness. And and if if it was just the officers, I would call them in and go, "Let's we review the tape. You're fired. Get out. You're fired. We can't have you. You're a danger to yourself and others." But the, but when that, when they say stuff like that, that tells us that the, the administration is afraid to or is not willing to step up and say, you guys shouldn't be here. And that, that's not a down check on a person. Some people shouldn't be doing the job. But but officers, we reviewed this. Uh, you put him in jeopardy. You put yourself in jeopardy. You put the backup officer because you didn't put you didn't put one in through and they're shooting through third grade. You're fired now. Fight to get your job back. Goodbye. Thank you. You know, the defensive tactics, and I was a def- defensive tactics uh, trainer. I do, look, the skill set was just, I, I fault the agency for that, the training level. I think it's its almost non-existent. I n- did not see one blow. I didn't see one common peroneal. I didn't see any any punches to the face. I never saw an arm bar, a bent wrist, um, going for fingers, uh, you know, joint manipulation, um, you know, pain compliance through anything i mean it was just it was just so pathetic and the guy was just you know he was just standing there next to the counter letting them do because they weren't they were they weren't throwing punches or anything nothing nothing was effective but it was clearly that they that they just didn't know what to do in order to have it be effective then the whole what if there would have been a kid in that bathroom the bad guy you know goes in with the gun uh, or or someone else i mean it's it's a gas it's a public place it's a business and they're letting him run around with a gun without taking a shot and they gotta you know obviously they have to be in fear of great bodily injury or death just to to themselves or someone else so I can't, you know, put them in that fear mode. But that guy with the gun, even if it's not pointed, even if he's going away from them, he's a threat. Oh my gosh, this could have this could have ended so much worse than what it did. Uh, I'm glad we ended up with it with this dead with a dead bad guy in the situation. That's where he needs yeah. to be. But oh my gosh. Well, you know, Chip, uh, uh, the defensive tactics aren't ever being taught properly. Once once a year, it's not going to do the trick. We understand that, right? It is not enough. But, but, but you they, know, it's been, it was good enough. But, it was wait, good wait, enough wait for us. No, well, no, it is not good enough for us. It is not good enough for us. Once a year is not good enough. Adults don't learn that way. You can't learn a complicated skill once a year. It's not enough. And then you take this unlearned skill and put them into a very tight environment where they're behind that counter. You can't even operate some of the things you want. So here's what should have happened if he had lived and if, if he had gone and made a complaint in the officers. And the IA investigators, well, which officer, which officer was it? I'm not sure of his name, but I think it was Satan because I was getting a, a whooping like I've never received in my life. There should have been a, a, a an ASS whooping. They should have been pricking and gouging and cutting. The fight is on. And, you know, we went to this last week. One of our one of our uh, uh, panel members uh, faulted an officer for punching a guy in the snot locker. When you determine that the person is not going to listen to you and will not obey your commands, they're not, their next stop should be the hospital. Well, all right, Lieutenant. Uh, I actually had a similar situation happen with me. Uh, I had a partner that, that acted exactly like that female officer did. Um, refused to engage while I was involved in a literally a knockdown, drag out fight with a, with a fugitive. Um, she was a complete coward and, and, uh, absolutely refused to engage in the fight while I was literally rolling down the Twinkie aisle of a convenience store 
with with Twinkies and Hostess cakes <laughs> dropping on us while I'm wailing on this guy trying to get him trying to get him into custody. And um, um, after that that took place, I reported her to my administration, which is exactly what I should have done. And they blamed me and uh, and and took no action against her. Uh, so this is something that has been going on for a long, long time with administrators and supervisors who refuse to uh, take their duty seriously and confront those who literally should not be wearing a badge. Thanks. Now, look for our listeners. I've only got about 30 seconds here. Uh, but, you know, for our listeners that picked up on, on, on Brett and I saying different things about the same thing, when I said that it was enough for us, I mean for us personally, not for a department. I think the department should have more training. But like I say, when you instruct, you teach the twos. Not everybody's going to be a level 10 student. You got the, the guys that are down to the twos. So the training. So when I say, look, I mean, I felt comp- competent in fighting, you know, bad guys. I'm sure but, you but did. Listen, too, probably, but, you should, but you should be comfortable with the tens when they go 10 on somebody. Yeah. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. GunLearn at GunLearn.com. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com. They've taken the confusion out of learning and they made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company to offer a step-by-step program where they take you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett here. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point in time to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leo's law enforcement officers need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. Welcome back to Leo Roundtable, the law enforcement talk show broadcasting live from the Boss Talk Radio Network studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, so I think that, uh, well, I, I thought that we had exhausted that topic, but Captain Bartlett's got one more point, apparently. Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, non-criminal complaints, 504-832-2362. I think uh-huh. I'll make a phone call later today and make a complaint on that deputy for not doing the right thing. Wow, I love it. That's why you know. That's why I love it. you. Always, you never know what Captain Bartlett's doing in the background. He's, he he may be he may be ordering at, at goals.com/slash/leo, or he's like getting phone numbers, you know, for the administration that's in charge right now. I mean, you know, you never you never know. Um, anyhow, thank thank you, Captain. Appreciate it. Um, let's move to uh, to Rumble for our next news story. Um, there is a video component of this one as well. So again, for our radio and podcast listeners, we're going to describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And this one we've got, um, well, it's, this is Butters the Channel again, but Jackson Man arrested after hitting a cape officer, body cam video released. And look, there is a taser.
what I would I would dare say a beautiful taser face plant on, on this particular one. So on, on this one, we've got a Jackson man. He's taken into custody after hitting a, a uh, I guess it's a Cape uh, Gerardo, a Cape Gerardo. I guess I looked up the pronunciation. That's apparently how you do it. Uh, officer multiple times on Thursday. So this happens around 3.30 in the afternoon on March the 2nd. And this police officer responds to a theft call. Okay, so after police arrive, the suspect, um, he's already left the scene. But then, of course, while the cops there talking to the employees, suspect ends up coming back, right? So this police officer makes contact with a suspect, later identified as Sean Stockard II. He's only 30 years old. So while the officer and our bad guy Stockard are talking, Stockard ends up not being cooperative with the officer. So as the officer attempts to take Stockard into custody, Stockard then pulls away, and there's an altercation. So look, there's a body cam video. Um, you can't really tell a lot what's going on. There's a couple of videos from inside the store. I didn't find those those too helpful, but there is a bystander video. You know, you always wonder these bystanders. You know, they don't want to help engage and help the police officer. You know, in a fight, or they they're just more comfortable. You know, being like you know, uh, what 200 feet away. You know, filming. You know, from safety, I guess. So Stockard's placed on the ground by the officer and hit the officer multiple times, and then attempts to kick the officer. So the release also said the officer delivered a combination of blows to Stockard's face. I'll tell you what, the video, the officer doing the uh, the Hail Mary on this guy, wow. The officer grabbed his arm, or the, uh, the officer also grabbed his arm and tried to place handcuffs on him. So the body cam footage shows the incident from multiple points of view, and the release stated that when the officer attempted to gain control of Stockard, our bad guy, um, Stockard grabbed the top of the officer's holster and his firearm, appearing to make attempts to get the officer's gun. That's a big deal. So the officer then steps back. Stalker attempts to run. The officer uh, deploys his taser, and Stalker does a face plant on the asphalt. Wow, it was unbelievable. And then, of course, our bad guy's taken into custody. Um, I know, uh, just like I have a fondness for, for canine bite videos, Captain Bartlett's got a fondness for taser face plant videos. So go ahead, Captain. The floor is yours. Um, I, I want to offer one little piece of instruction for the cops out there. If you're by, if if you're going to take somebody into custody, well, well, hang on. Here, here's what I think is a good a good tactic. If you tell them to put their hands behind your back and they don't, doesn't that indicate this is just about to get worse, right? And that gives you a little bit of pause. You can call for a backup. Now, I'm not saying it has to be done this time, but sometimes you got to know what your bad guy's thinking. I, I watched the video, and, and you know what? This fight is a fight that should have happened inside that store we just saw. This is a deadly force encounter on the ground. When you think they're grabbing the gun, there is nothing left to be done except beat him into the next zip code. And when he stood up and he took the taser, when I knew it was going to happen, and I still <laughs> winced when he, when he hit the ground. So good for the officer for using, I, and I don't know if he's trained this way or not, but you're, you're not trained to hit somebody in the head with a brick either. But when it's a deadly force encounter like that, there, there's nothing, you know, well, why, why, why did you shoot him? Well, because my Crown Victoria doesn't fit in my holster. I couldn't use that. Uh, you know, I was waiting for when he face-planted, I was waiting for, as Brett would say, third grade to to uh, to spill on the ground. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for a, cav a, a cavity there break, but it didn't, it didn't happen, so. Uh, but no, and, and Brett said that you should have known that it was going to get worse, but I, I was going to say, unless you're in Jefferson Parish County dealing with that female deputy, then, of course, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been getting worse, but uh, but you, you addressed that, so good job. Uh, if there's no other commentary on that, we'll move on to our next one there. But, yeah, two two really great stories, completely different outcomes, though, and, uh, and and you made a good comparison, Brett. That's the fight that should have happened in the, fir in the first story. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Um, so moving along here, guys, and let's see, we've got roughly about four and a half minutes. Um, so I've got another one here. It's on Leo Affairs, my former website. They did not protect me. So this is what Megan Hall is saying. She's speaking out for the very first time. She's blaming senior leadership. So this is the female officer in Tennessee who was forced off the department after they found out that she slept with over 60% of the sworn police force. And uh, now she's suing the city uh, that employed her, claiming that she's a victim who was groomed. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of her or not, but I'll tell you, if I was one of the deputies that had taken that plunge, I know I can see Randy knows where I'm going. I would not be claiming. I would not be claiming. I would fly out deny it. This is, I, I just, I'm just, you know, really? What are the, the, the 60, over 60% of the guys in this department, you know, selected her? I'll just leave it at that. Um, so we got Megan Hall. Uh, she's, uh, according to the article, has become the subject of inescapable police girl, in quotes, memes, following a major sex scandal, claiming that she was groomed by leadership at the Laverne Police Department from uh, early on in her recruit days. She's claiming that several of her supervisors coerced her and utilized her sexually without her content or without her consent. And um, the disgraced officer also claims that the former police chief of the department, his name is Chief Chip Davis, was condoning the grooming. You know, I always have an issue with people that say stuff that happened for years and years and years, but they never follow the complaint. You know, she's saying that there's nothing that she could have done about it. I mean, she's acting like there's no EEOC or other outlets, you know, and they always, you know, they get fired. They get caught uh, from doing um, for doing for just doing doing some raunchy stuff and, and highly unprofessional. And now they want to blame the department for it. I could go on and on with all the excuses and excuses that her attorney's making for her as well. Um, you know, what's the point? I don't want to take away. Um, from any commentary that you guys might be wanting to make on this. But, uh, but uh, I mean, the last time I remember hearing a story like this was in Oakland PD in California. And you remember there was that um, dispatcher who had a, who had a daughter um, who had like slept with it. Except with Oakland police department, it was like half the department. This is only, well, I guess it is over 60%. So, I mean, you know, maybe we're close at home. Captain Bartlett, you got two and a half minutes. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying her story. Oh no! In this day, in this day and age of the pound me too movement or whatever we got going on out there, what she should have done is that the first sign of it, she should have called Gloria Allred, fire, filed a lawsuit, made a bunch of money, and then gone someplace else and done something else. Nobody was keeping her in this job. And isn't it true, Chip? That as bad as it gets, don't we have the option of walking out the door? Always. If it's that bad, leave. Uh, she's just, she's just, she's trying to justify her bad behavior. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's going to work, but I, I'm, I don't believe her. I think she's lying. You know, for lack of a better pun, she got caught with her pants down, Randy. And now she just doesn't like, doesn't like, you know, like the outcome of that. Yeah. Um, the, she, they're they're going to write a check. There's no doubt in my mind that they're, they're going to write a check, but not because the, the, there's merits to this, to this lawsuit. This is a, uh, this is a CYA lawsuit. Um, she was clearly a willing participant uh, in, the, in, in, in the partying, um, even to the point where, where, you know, her husband was involved. I mean, it's, this, this whole thing just is, it's, it's stupid cop behavior, okay? We, we, it, this never should have happened. This was bad leadership, truly bad leadership, uh, that, that knew what was happening. And it, inevitably, there was going to be something here inevitably there was going to be a problem. There was going to be a domestic situation that took place. There was going to be cops getting, shooting each other over, over. I mean, this is not the first time something like this has happened, but what it really shows is that in a small 
town environment like this, uh, this this should have been handled um, at the at the outset with with good leadership. So I'll I'll say this for her: uh, she has a point as far as the leadership of this organization goes. Uh, but as far as as far as the culpability, uh, I'm not buying her. Oh, I, oh, I'm a victim. Deal. You know, I, I'm I'm waiting for the naysayers to start chewing me on YouTube this week for for having something against female police officers because a lot of our stories they really unfortunately uh, female cops didn't end up on the good side of that. But look, uh, another great show. Thank you to our panelists. And uh, hey, Lieutenant Randy, I want you to open up that microphone. Tell, talk to us about the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. Just leave me 15 seconds at the end, so take about the next 40 seconds, and uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, so the, the Wounded Blue is doing amazing work. Um, we are the only nationwide charitable organization that concentrates solely on injured and disabled officers. We recognize injuries as being either physical or psychological and emotional. We've helped more than 14 thousand law enforcement officers in the last four years. So if you are a law enforcement officer and you're struggling because you've been injured in the line of duty, that you're being treated uh, um, with, 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 uh, by, with cruelty by your agency, uh, this is what we exist for. Go to thewoundedblue.org. Hey, thanks, Lieutenant. Hey, another shout out to Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media with a million followers on Facebook. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Everyone have a wonderful and a safe week.